This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Fans, hope you all are ready for a fun, jam-packed show that will discuss the top recruiting news over the last week and some of the top storylines across the college football landscape. As always, Prospects 101 is brought to you by Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. And welcome to Recruiting Roundup. Recruiting Roundup is our weekly show that drops on Friday, bringing you all the news and analysis from the past week of recruiting. You can follow and interact with us on all social media accounts at Prospect 101 Pod. So I'm going to try to do my best impersonation of Deion Sanders, a.k.a. Primetime Tonight, by covering the whole show by myself. That's right. My two co-hosts, Kenny Keller and Brandon Glessner, have some personal matters to attend to tonight. But the show goes on! They will both be back with us uh, next week previewing the AAC, which is going to be a fun and entertaining week for you guys, so make sure you tune into that next week. So jumping right into the top storylines over the past week, Florida Atlantic University kind of had the biggest recruiting week, and that's with Willie Taggart scoring primetime's youngest son, and that's your Dora Sanders, a four-star quarterback who had offers from Alabama, Baylor, Arizona State University, and really pretty much most other colleges out there, and he's decided to choose Florida Atlantic. Now, he's a 6'1", 198-pound athlete, really pro-style quarterback that has the ability to run the ball when he wants to. It's kind of funny that that is the exact same size of Deion Sanders, his father, 6'1", 198. Now, he led Trinity Christian Cedar uh, high school to their third straight state title last year, and over the course of his career had 60 TDs and only four interceptions. Kind of just to show the efficiency that he is as a passer. He has great arm strength, really. I mean, if you go back and kind of watch his his huddle highlights. Now he throws them 50, 55 yards, and they're with good accuracy. So he shows that he can be shifty. He's not necessarily long speed fast. I don't think he's going to run a 4.44 40 anytime soon. But he's probably, you know, closer to four six, four seven, and he's really just hard to bring down. He knows how to extend the play when he's back in the pocket. He likes to keep the play alive and then uh, throw the ball. So, I mean, he's just a big-time player, big-time athlete. If you have, you need to go back and watch his uh, commitment video. It's hilarious. It's exactly what you would think from primetime son. He has Little Wayne in it. He has Snoop Dogg in it. He's got old Brett Favre in there. And uh, once he commits at the end of the film, he kind of talks about, like, you know, why he decided to play for Willie Taggart at Florida Atlantic, and it's the fact that, you know, with everything going on in the country, 
He wanted to play for a black coach and a black coach that he can respect. Bringing that to the table and not being apologetic for it, I don't think it has been seen yet. If you just lay your heart out and give it your all, they don't ride with you, man. Uh, he also thought there was a possibility for early playing time, and I don't disagree with him because I do believe Chris Robinson is probably gone to the NFL after this next year. If he's not gone next year, then he'll go into his senior year, and then Shadur Sanders will go ahead and just, you know, redshirt his freshman year, but still be a redshirt freshman with four years of eligibility at that point with, with the reins. He's got the reins at that point. And Florida Atlantic's in the up-and-coming school. I mean, they scored three other uh, prospects this past week, and that's uh, three-star tight end, William Ford, uh, Cameron Stillman, and then Nick Evans, the defensive man from New York. So, I mean, within one week, Florida Atlantic has now ascended themselves into really the top 50 in the college recruiting uh, rankings for 247 sports. And no matter what you say about, you know, why he chose Florida Atlantic when he had all these other offers, but I can respect the fact that, you know, he chose to play for a black coach and a guy that he respects because that's what he felt passionate about, especially at this time in our country. And, yeah, like he might not go to Alabama or Auburn, a, a, a school that has been able and known to produce NFL talent. But let's be honest with ourselves. It's not the same as it used to be. You can get drafted from smaller programs just with the ability that scouts have to go out to every single school, whether that's the FBS or the FCS. It's not always these big-time schools are going to give you your best chance. I mean, look at – uh, Talua Tagovola. He went to Alabama thinking that he was going to be the next quarterback, and all they do is get Bryce Young, the best quarterback in the nation. So he had to transfer to Maryland. So really, this might be a smart move for for Shadur to go to Florida Atlantic, knowing that once he takes the the reins at Florida Atlantic, there's probably not going to be so many more people coming in, like five star players, to push him for that starting position. So he's not only going to develop, he's going to play three or four years, and that might be the best bet for him to get into the NFL instead of trying to always go to Oklahoma or Alabama. Or, um, you know, Alabama, like some of these other big-time prospects to do. Now, the other big news in uh, college football this past week is the fact that JT Daniels, uh, the quarterback from USC that transferred to Georgia, he was granted immediate eligibility. But Pastel, why does this matter? Jamie Newman is the man, the man regardless, right? I mean, he completed two, two, 220 passes. He had 61% completion rate, 2,800 yards passing, 26 TDs, and 11 interceptions. The guy was phenomenal last year. Led Wake Forest in one of their best years in, in, in their history. I think he won eight, eight or nine games last year. He rushed for another 574 yards and had six touchdowns on the ground. You look at JT Daniels' freshman year, and you look at him, it wasn't like stellar stats. He had 14 TDs and 10 interceptions, but not so fast, my friends. Like, really, if you break down, you know, outside of what the stats say and kind of look at what Jamie Newman did and what JT Daniels did, you got to put it in a little bit in perspective, right? So JT Daniels was – a freshman, a true freshman at USC that started, but think about it, he reclassified. So he that would have been his senior season in high school, playing big-time football at USC. So, of course, he's going to struggle. Like, I mean, that's who wouldn't struggle. But if you look at his last two games that he played, the UCLA and uh, the number five-ranked team in Notre Dame of his freshman year, he threw for 337 yards, two CDs, and two picks versus the UCLA Bruins. And in the very last game, he threw – he was 37 for 51 with 349 yards and a touchdown against the fifth-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So, okay, you're like, oh, wow, like he's really progressing now, and that makes sense. He's a young kid. He's 18 years old. So he goes into the offseason to get Graham Harrell. Everyone knows that air raid offense coming from Graham Harrell, that no matter what quarterback was going to be in there, they were going to succeed. So he goes into his sophomore year and completed 25 out of 34 passes for 215 yards and a touchdown, and he tears his ACL. It's like, all right, well, that sucks. And then they have a guy named Keaton Slovis that comes in and just lights the college landscape on fire. 
and really he's probably arguably a top five quarterback now in college. So of course JT Daniels isn't really getting the benefit of the doubt to come back in and take that starting position back from him. So he transfers, transfers to Georgia. Now you saw the potential that JT Daniels had at USC as he was developing, as a young kid was developing. And you go into Georgia, a big-time program. He's already been in a big-time program, so he's used to this pressure. He wasn't scared of the fact that Jamie Newman was there. And Jamie Newman, he's a dynamic athlete. Honestly, I believe he is the first-round pick, if not early second-round pick in NFL draft. But when you really break down Jamie Newman's game, obviously he's more of a dual-threat quarterback. But if you look at his intermediate passes, he's not the most accurate quarterback. He's got great deep ball accuracy. He's got, obviously, uncanny ability to extend the play and make plays that JT Daniels would never, ever be able to make. And now, a lot of times, I think a lot of Georgia fans are probably saying, like, hey, that's exactly what we need at this point. We've tried the pro-style quarterback the last few years, and we just can't get over that hump. But I'm telling you right now, accuracy will win college football games nine times out of ten. And that dual threat ability, while it's very dynamic and fun to watch, and it will win you more a few games here and there that you wouldn't have been able to win without that ability, a, a program like Georgia, if Jamie Newman struggles with his accuracy – I would not be shocked if he struggles a game or two and they lose a game or two, JT Daniels, Daniels is going to get the call. Now, I say all that saying, I believe Jamie Newman should be the starting quarterback. Uh, but just watch. If he struggles, JT Daniels will be ascended into that starting position sooner than later. Because I think he is the real deal. It's going to be a good competition at Georgia's uh, quarterback position. So one, one last kind of news across this whole college landscape of, no more high school landscape right now. And that's the fact that Virginia High School League, they have a few proposals out there on what sports is going to look like in the fall. And right now, all signs point that they're not going to start sports until at least December. So what does that mean? That means there's going to be no cop. There's going to be no high school football, obviously, this fall. There's a possibility that there might be no high school football at all this year. But all signs point that it'll probably be next spring, assuming that the country can get this pandemic under a grip, right? So a lot. Of, so what's the impact to that? that for recruiting. So a lot of high school recruits have already come out and said, like, hey, if it gets pushed to the spring, then thank you, but I played my last down in a high school uniform. I'm going to be an early enrollee for the college that they have already committed to. And I think what you're going to see now is an all-time high on in early enrollees for next year because they haven't played football now for over a year, year and a half, and they're going to want to get their feet back into a program, a strength and conditioning program, sooner than later so that they can make up for that time that they have already missed. Obviously, they're not going to play spring football next year, knowing that they're going to risk injury right before the college football season in 2021. So it's unfortunate. I think my heart really goes out to the kids that if there isn't a high school football season at all, that these juniors last year played their last snap without ever even knowing. And I'm saying right now, just kind of, you know, being a high school player, high school captain at one point, never getting a chance to play college football, some of the best lessons that I've ever learned from like a leadership standpoint, being a captain of the team, and just being a person. The bonds that I've, I created when I was there, the lessons I learned there, they last forever. Like there, It has a, a lasting impact on someone's life. And it's, it's unfortunate that some of these guys, not they might not be able to have those experiences in high school football to carry them into their adulthood as they become a professional out there. Now, it's unfortunate, and everyone has unfortunate stories, I guess, this offseason, but I'm not going to lie. My heart does definitely go out to the high school seniors if they don't have a chance to play uh, high school football this year. So, moving along, we have the top signings of the week. What is up, Prospect 101 fans? Guess what? Sports are finally coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. 
and there's absolutely no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action on this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and even the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Bet Online has the future odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Uh, the first one is the four-star athlete, Tommy Hill. He can miss the Arizona State. Obviously, another big grab for Herm Edwards out there and really Marvin Lewis, who is now the Coke. Uh, defensive coordinator because Tommy Hill is going to be a dynamic cornerback or safety wherever they decide to play him. Uh, he's a big-time player. The next guy is Daniel Robledo. He's the top uh, junior college defensive end. Uh, he can miss the Missouri. And then the one kind of hurts me the most is this next guy, and that's Kendrick Blackshire, the inside linebacker from Duncanville, Texas, who is officially the gravitational pool that the Tide needed to enter the top ten. Yes, Alabama has now entered the top ten of the 247 composite rankings with an inside linebacker named Kendrick Blackshire. Uh, and then I'll, I'll get one more guy. A shout-out to Kenny because he's not here. Dylan uh, Hazel, he's another inside linebacker, signed with Wake Forest. Now, why is this interesting? Because you look at most of the crystal balls and kind of offers that Wake Forest had out there. This is probably one of the last top prospects that they had that they thought was going to commit to Wake Forest, and he did. So good for them. It kind of brings them back into the top 40. I think they might have one or two more guys in that top 1,000, but he seems to be the last of them for now. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of commitments, let's talk about one or two big-time decommitments. And the biggest decommitment that I see here is Jordan Hancock. He's the cornerback that played for Clemson that now looks like all arrows are pointing to Arizona State. So let's think about this for a second. And this is, this is kind of scary. So Clemson, first of all, they were the number two overall ranked class last week. They dropped to number eight this week because they lost this player. He was the fifth best player in their class. Like in, in all of their, their recruits this year that signed with Clemson, he was the fifth best player. It's pretty good, right? If he goes to Ohio State, which is all signs point that he's going to Ohio State next, he would be their 10th best player. Like That's how much talent is in Ohio State's recruiting class. Now let's take this one more step farther. They have 18 commits at Ohio State. Virginia Tech has 14. Aside from a punter that was coming from Ohio State, uh, from Australia to Ohio State, every single player, the other 17 players, recruits that have signed with Ohio State, are better than every single player than that Virginia Tech has recruited and signed with Virginia Tech so far, given their, their hard commit, the verbal commitment to Virginia Tech. And that's not saying Virginia Tech is horrible. Virginia Tech is 43rd of the nation. That's just telling you how dominant of a class that Ohio State has right now. And what I'm going to say right now, here comes Pastel's hot take, is going to be the best recruiting class ever, especially if they land one of the top two athletes in the country in Corey Foreman and JT Talamalua. So watch out for Ohio State landing the, or having the best recruiting class of all time. The other big-time D commitment was Katravian Hargrove, the number 10 running back in the nation. He did commit from L.A. Tech which is a big blow for L.A. Tech. But now he said his top three schools are Penn State, Florida State University, and South Carolina Gamecocks. Again, it kind of sucks for L.A. Tech, but and it makes sense. You're the 10th overall best running back. You're not going to really go to a school like that. You're going to go to a big-time program like this. And the rich only get richer. Penn State has some of the best talent, running back talent in the country next year. If they can pull him over there, I mean, that's going to start, it's going to start looking like, outside of Georgia, running back you. 
I mean, they're, they're getting up there with some of the talent that they've got on that team. Moving over to the G5, a few kind of switch-ups here, but we kind of already mentioned why. So the top G5 uh, recruiting classes right now is Memphis at 35. Uh, second place is Cincinnati at 42 overall. And then new to the list is Florida Atlantic University. Obviously, when you score one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, Shadur Sanders, you're going to move up. And they've moved up to 48th overall and fourth uh, for all G5 programs. And the last one rounding out is App State, uh, right inside the top 50 at 49. Overall for the top schools in the FBS, kind of a lot of shakeup here for the most part. Now, it's the same schools, but, you know, just shifting up and down as kind of people will commit and anti-commit. So Ohio State's number one. UNC's back at number two. Which, side note, I'm curious if Tony Grimes reclassifies to the 2020 class, how much that will hurt their stock a little bit. They'll probably fall back down to four or five. Uh, so number three is Tennessee. Number four, LSU's had a phenomenal last two weeks of recruiting. I mean, all errors are pointing out for LSU at this point. Number five is Oregon. Number six is USC. Number seven is Michigan. Number eight is Clemson. Number nine is Florida. And then it's painful for me to say because I've been such against this. I never thought never thought that they were going to jump to that top 10 this soon after being like 38th or 39th really just a month ago, and that's Alabama, number 10. Congratulations. I'm almost happy Kenny and Klesner are not on this right now because they've given me so much crap for giving Alabama crap these last few weeks. Uh, so really just the biggest news here is that Clemson falls from 2-8 to eight off of one player really decommitting from them, and LSU – I think they've had a phenomenal last two weeks. You can kind of see players like Naquan Brown, where everyone thought was going to go to Virginia Tech. They're shifting a lot of these guys, crystal balls, from other schools now pointing to LSU. And these guys are now recruiting other other players to come to LSU. So all signs pointing up from them. And, again, Alabama, I'm going to be the first to say it because I'm going to eat my own words from previous shows, that James and Tommy Brockermeyer, Looks like all signs are pointing to them signing this weekend. And those are both a five-star and a four-star offensive lineman to Alabama. So I could see Alabama obviously jumping up a few more spots, if not cracking the top five after those two signings. So hope you guys enjoy the show. As always, you can follow and interact with us on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Prospects101Pod. We'll be posting throughout the week, interacting. Then we have a few sweepstakes out there coming up this week, so please check that out. And subscribe to stay up to date with all of our episodes. A lot of great interviews coming up, a lot more great content. Obviously, we're breaking down most of the conference previews along with the prospects in those conferences over the next few weeks. But we'll be always bringing you this recruiting roundup every single Friday during the summer, during the fall, during the winter. We'll always be here. So make sure you check us out. And please give us a five-star review as well as uh, spread the word to all your friends. And make sure that they join us in the future. So for everyone out there, I'm Pascal. Thanks for hanging out with me.